Welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me tonight, I have Dan. Hey, how are you? Yeah, good. And we also have Brad. How are you, Brad? Good evening, gents and everyone. So we did a poll on Twitter last week just to get a sense of what uh, people would like to listen to in this period of no city games. And and majority of people were after a review of the playing squad for this season. So that's what we're going to do. I might also try and do an occasional episode where we round up media articles from the past week or fortnight as well um, but we thought we'd kick things off today with a review of the goalkeepers and defenders for this season so we'll just run through each of the players talk about their form for the season how much they've cost us uh, whether we'd offer them a new deal that sort of thing and sort of just give everyone a bit of an assessment so a um, bit of an easy one to start off with we'll look at the goalkeepers first and um in the league, we've had George Long play every single game with 38 appearances, 37 in the league and one in the FA Cup. And then we had Matt Ingram, who's played one FA Cup match and then two League Cup games. Um, Dan, I guess we'll start with George Long. He, he's he's one that's, um, I mean, in a sense, he's surprised a bit just because he didn't have a great debut for us last season. But he's really come into his own this season and, and really sort of backed up that confidence that Adkins had when we signed him at the start of last season. How is... Um, yeah, look, I think he's really taken he's really taken the opportunity with both hands and um, hasn't really looked back. I think he's been a little bit up and down, hmm. I would say, throughout the season. Some really strong patches and, and some um, patches where he seems to be making the same mistakes. But, I mean, overall, I mean, I, I've been really happy with, what he, with his performances for the most part. Um, and I think the fact that basically Matt Ingram hasn't had a look in at all, um, I guess, goes to show that you know, he's he's impressing in all the right places. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know when we signed Ingram from QPR in the summer, it was sort of seen as we've now got these almost two first-choice keepers so that Long would really be under pressure and, and not just be handed games. But as you're saying, he, he's started every game of the season, so he's certainly um, been in decent form. Um, but as Dan sort of touched on there, Brad, I mean, he has been a little bit up and down. And I guess the last few games, which has sort of coincided with the rest of the team not playing particularly well... Um, he has let in a couple of sloppy goals, so he, he does seem to still have a bit of learning and experience to, to gather. Yeah, look, mate, and I think probably the fact that he's been in the position for so long without you know, Matt Ingram getting a go probably still shows the fact that even though there's mistakes are there, he's still regarded as our best option. Um, you would think with the run of results we've had, uh, it'd be very easy that if he was the problem, uh, that it would have been very easy to make that change. But I think probably barring some silly mistakes, he still is what I think most of us would say is a good championship keeper and we're, we're pretty happy to have him. Um, but I still think probably in the scheme of things, if we are going to end up in that top half of the table, he might end up being one of those that finds his way doing the sort of Bob Myhill, Matt Duke dance that we saw many years ago and, um, trying to hold down a spot if someone can show just that little bit of promise might be hard for him. Yeah. Uh, but I do rate him. I do think he's good. He's certainly not our problem. I think some of those silliness, silly mistakes, you could almost argue if the pressure uh, on that defence at that time wasn't as bad as it had been in that, especially that last, say, five or six games, 
uh, before the break, um, whether those mistakes would have even been made. I think confidence is pretty important when you're a goalkeeper, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and I think we're going to get to the end of this season if we haven't already reached it and look back and say that probably the peak of the season for us was that FA Cup match against Chelsea, full stadium, Premier League opposition, and he didn't look out of place against Premier League players. He was pulling off some fantastic saves to keep us in that game and it was probably his, his, his match of the season. And uh, it's just unfortunate that since then it's kind of all gone downhill for him. Um, Dan, um, do you sort of, I guess, concur with the sense that he's basically our number one? Um, do you get the sense that he, he could actually improve his game even more if we were to sort of try to progress? Um, yeah, I, I think it would be hard. Like sort of as Brad was Brad mentioned, and, and I sort of said before, that mm. it's hard to, to to argue that he's not the the under our undisputed number one um, as it stands. I think I think for the most part he shows enough that it would be hard to argue otherwise. And I think yeah. he also shows enough um, like that because he's still pretty young, isn't he? Yeah, he's I think twenty. 24 or 25 or something? Yeah. Or is he older that. than that? No. Yeah, he's... So he's not very old for a goalkeeper. Um, we can, when you look at the last few we've had, and you, you look at Steve Harper and Alan McGregor <laughs> um, and some of those guys that were up there in there um, in the years. So I think um, he's got he's still got plenty of years um, of growth and stuff, and he's but he's working from a really strong base. So if we can keep him and keep improving him, he keeps working with the, with the goalkeeper coaches, um, you know, and he, and he key and he gets lots of games because that's you know that's that key to improvement is is that regular game time and that in key to development so he's on the right track to to um to becoming even even better and even stronger and and maybe being that keeper that can take us um you know up up the table and, yeah. and hold, hold us in the top half he's a, he's a he's a baby really so um yeah as you say he's still got plenty of time on his side to to improve his game um we've sort of in that discussion touched on ingram as well who's who's been a pretty decent professional as as most second keepers have to be where they're just sitting on the bench most weeks um but didn't look out of place in his his league cup games or his fa cup game either so i think he picked up uh, a clean sheet in those three games in the league cup game i want to say against Tranmere. Um, and then obviously not in that FA Cup game where uh, we won 3-2. Um, but we'll move on and look at the defenders now where there's a bit more um, diversity, I guess, in options to discuss. And we can start with, I guess, the fullbacks um, and, and Lee High, who has pretty much come in and, and surprised me a little bit because when you pick up, I mean, he was 250000 from Nottingham Forest, um, virtually a free signing in, in that sense that he was so cheap. Um older player essentially forced out of a forest side who at the time were probably around the same place as us in the table and he's come in and really been quite impressive when he's managed to get on the park so Dan um have you has he sort of surprised you or is that sort of what you expected when we brought him in um no I would say that he has surprised me I sort of thought when he first signed I thought oh you know we've got um, you know, we've got a guy who's got plenty of experience, you know, in the league and in that position. Um, but I thought, you know, I thought they would be chasing another one and that um, that he might be sort of um, a f- sort of that flexible backup. But um, he sort of stepped in and he's been phenomenal um, for, mm. you know, someone his age and, and everything. And appara- apparently he is meticulous with his training and diet. And I think that, that really shows with um, because he is able to, I mean, he's been yeah, he's just been he's been really impressive um, for me anyway throughout 
throughout the season. So he's done a um, remarkable job for someone that I didn't think would get as many games as he has, to be honest. Yeah, and and given his age and you sort of look at his um, his so-called injury record where he has missed a couple of games with soft tissues, he's, he's missed eight games for the season, which, which really in the scheme of things isn't that many. He's made 29 starts out of 37 league appearances. So as you say, his diet and preparation have clearly played a big part in that, given his age. Um, Brad... Lehigh, you know, when, when when we're flying, when we're playing really well as a side, there's always um, passages of play where we play out wide where Lehigh's really heavily involved on the wing, um, bringing the ball up the pitch. So he, he's got that um, strength in his play of actually really being able to get involved higher up the pitch as well, um, which for an older guy is really impressive that he's still able to be much more active in the attacking sense as well. Yeah, and I think, like, like Dan highlighted, I think his preparation, his fitness must be pretty superior for a guy that's been around a while on the wrong side of 30 and still running like some of those younger guys would. Um, and probably the interesting thing for me and probably the reason why I rate him is that when he first joined the club, I didn't know much about him other than obviously the Forest background, but it was a friend who's a Villa supporter who actually said they remember him playing uh, a game for Villa years ago where they played with a back three and they didn't know what position he was actually playing because he was everywhere. Um, yeah. And I still, today, don't think we could honestly say he's a lock-in for one certain position because I've seen him play right back, I've seen him play in the middle, I've seen him play left back. Um, yeah. And he, he, can, he can do it all. So he's got a real um, adaptability to him that we probably haven't had um, for a little while. And, and probably, probably since Look, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, he's got – you guys would know we've been obviously reminiscing a lot. You know, you, you go back to the years of Andy Dawson mm. who only had a left foot, could only play on the left side. And whenever he got injured, poor old Ricketts had to come across. Um, and with all that, you're sort of thinking, well, here's a guy here that could really fall into any position across the back. Yeah, and, and they're invaluable. So I'd, I'd certainly be hoping that we'll look to extend his deal. I, I think he's out of contract at the end of this season or he might have one of those – deals with the option of an extension. Um, another player who's essentially been our backup right back and, and another player who, when I look at that Chelsea game, really excelled and really surprised me was uh, McKenzie, who has obviously come through the youth team and he's made 12 appearances in um, all competitions, eight in the league, two in the FA Cup and two in the League Cup. But he's one who, um, you know, we saw him a bit last season, mainly playing at centre-back, but he's really sort of come on in leaps and bounds this season at full-back and and has looked a really good backup option in that position. So he's one of those guys who might have had his future a little bit in doubt coming into this season, but certainly seems to have cemented himself in the team and and certainly done enough to earn a new deal um, in this summer. Um, Dan, what are your thoughts on McKenzie? Yeah, no, he's um, he's really impressed me. Um, I think you saw as... With the youth players, because um, we've this even or even just this this season, we've released probably half a dozen of those guys that are in his um, sort of age bracket, guys that um, have been impressive, you know, in some of their appearances in the in the cup matches and that. Who um, I think guys like Adam Curry, who I watched, we, he played in a cup game I think last year maybe, and he was really impressive and looked like he was ready to take the step up. And then I think come this season and he's he's somewhere else now. He's, he's gone. Um, and so I think it's been good. Um, he's been really um, impressive. McKenzie, he stepped in um, pretty well. I mean, this, the, the standard sort of um, youth stepping into first team nerves, um, you know, and, and lack of um, real consistency. But um, 
he's he puts his head down he works hard um and as, as you mentioned that chelsea game he was um he was phenomenal for a guy that had played less than 10 games or whatever at the time like it was it was that was amazing yeah definitely um Brad, do you sort of see him as as the successor to Lehigh? Do you think he can take that step up to be a regular first-team player? Look, yeah, I do. I mean, like you said with George Long, I mean, against Chelsea, you could really see against good opposition, how do these guys compare? I know, obviously, Chelsea weren't running around with the full first start at 11, but it was still a pretty good yardstick as to how we can value our players or even look how competitive we could be against that sort of level. Um, I thought for a young man, he was awesome that night. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say he'd say it was the best game of football he's ever played, but I was more nervous for him than he probably was for himself because I <laughs> thought this is where you could get found out on a few things here. But I, I do think that um, as, far to, as far as actually assessing the value on that goes, I think that held its own really well. Yeah, definitely. Um, on the left-hand side of defence, it's probably not been as successful as, as um, those two players have been. Um, Stephen Kingsley, who came in as part of the Klukas deal, really was probably... I mean, we, we got a great fee for Klukas, which was a great part of that deal, but Kingsley coming the other way hasn't worked out quite as well. Um, he's only made seven starts uh, with one sub-appearance in the league this season, and, and really being out of contract looks like he's probably on the way out. Um Dan, what have you made of his time in general at, at, at the KCOM um, and in particular this season? Uh, probably one word, frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, look, I think he had, I don't know, we, we had an opportunity. We, we needed, I think we needed a left-sided defender. We brought one in. He just never really settled, I guess, in the in the squad, I think injuries. He's just been injured so much; it's really mm. hampered any chance he's had of of establishing establishing himself in the first team. And then, then when he does get games, he doesn't just it just doesn't seem to 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 grab the bull by the horns. He just sort of they seem to pass him by a little. Um, I don't know. Yeah, just been frustrating and pretty disappointing overall um, for a player who on his. You know he has promise. He's not. I'm not saying he's useless. Just it just sort of hasn't worked out um, in a city shirt to date. Yeah, he, he's definitely shown glimpses of his potential, and he's had games where he's looked pretty decent. But I, I guess the common theme, and when we've brought him up on this podcast more often than not, it's been because we just have so much space on that left hand side that he seems to leave because he he tucks in so close to the centre backs. Um, Brad, I guess we'll talk about Elder in a second, but he's really come in and, and just kind of grabbed that left back position, which probably highlights just how on the outer Kingsley is. Yeah, and, and I think probably, mate, we all probably got swept away a bit when Kingsley first joined us about how good he, he could probably be. But I still think that whilst, yes, there's been um, issues there with his injuries and he really can't string games um, together, I, I still feel like when he, you know... <laughs> His age-wise, I mean, he's got so much, so many years still on his side. I think is he twenty-seven? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. He he still should be, you know, really trying to improve his game week by week. And I just found twenty-five, like, especially twenty-five. There you go. So even more so. I just felt like, um, and just pointing to what one of you guys mentioned before, he seems to get stuck too far in. Mm. Um, inside for a left back, which means is he actually a, just a left side, a central defender, or a left back? I don't know, because his game time's so limited. 
um, it's actually hard to get a get a gauge of what position he, he actually played in. And I don't know whether with his time at um, Swansea, uh, Swansea he, he wasn't actually playing a lot of games there anyway for us to even know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's an interesting one. I guess it's it's one of those unfortunate ones where he's, he's out of contract and um, with the club sort of progressively trimming the wage bill more and more each season, um, you really have to do quite a lot to get a, a contract extension at the moment. So unfortunately, it looks like he, he may well have played his last game for the club, but, um, you know, we'll, I guess we'll see what happens over the coming months. Um, and then and then um, the player who's come in this season, who we've obviously had a lot of focus on, given his nationality, was uh, Callum Elder, who, who stepped into that left-back role quite capably. Um, it was a minimal fee that we signed him for from Leicester. And, and I remember when he came in, um, there was a lot of talk about the fact that I think he'd been out on loan at Ipswich last season, made one appearance for them and, and hadn't really featured otherwise. And they obviously got relegated. So it's it's a bit of a daunting um, daunting CV when you look at it um, for a player that you're hoping can come in and have an impact. But Dan, look, he, he's come in and he's, he's really played his part this season. And, and when he's got on the pitch, he's... He's part of that. I think it was you who was quoting a few weeks ago that that back four, when we got those four players playing Device, Burke, uh, Elder and um, Lehigh as the back four, we'd barely conceded any goals and we'd won quite a few of our games. So clearly was part of a very successful back four for us this season. Yeah, he, um, he's been really impressive. Uh, bar the, the injuries, um, they've been a little too frequent. Um, I guess for my liking, it seems that he, he sort of has a half a dozen games and then he sits out a few and, and then has a half a dozen games and sits out a few, but which is frustrating. But um, he's when he's on the park, he's, he's he performs really well and he and he gets he gets high up the park and delivers in some really good balls. Um, so I mean, they're the positives. I think um, possibly just needs. Um, I, yeah, just just maybe a bit. Maybe just needs to be able to be involved in that full preseason or something. Mm. I'm not sure, um, but a little bit of extra fitness and a bit of um, extra sort of strength and conditioning. And if he can get through, if he can get to a position where he can play, you know, the 30 to 30 out of the 38 or, or something like that, you know, you you get to you're pretty happy with that. So it just needs um, a few a few more games, and, and he's definitely. I mean, he's definitely worth it. Um, I'd probably still take him if he only played half a season, but um, he's uh, he's a, he's performing much better than than Kingsley in that that wide left um, defensive position. Anyway, yeah, I mean, uh, Brad, as Dan was saying, he, he's been involved in quite a few great moves down our left hand side. Has already got quite a few assists for the season, which is great to see. Um, he, he's he's basically excelling in the places that Kingsley wasn't, as as you sort of touched on before. I mean, Kingsley playing so tight in with the centre backs, whereas Elder is, is much more fluid and attacking down that left hand side. Yeah, look, and and you're right. I think that's that's probably the best way to sum it all up is that when Kingsley's there, we look like we're trying to defend, and when Elder's there, it looks like we can actually counter as well. Um, and I think probably the reason why McCann loved. Elder previously and was pretty happy to try and get him on board was the fact that he's pretty decent sized and honest for a left back um, and he's got a bit of a string to his bow and he's obviously got the fact that he has played well but look he, uh, I know I don't think he didn't play any games at Leicester I don't think did he no he I don't just think just out on loan all the time yeah, yeah. but he's still got experience and obviously the fact that McCann thought enough to go and get him showed that McCann thinks at this level he's really, McCann must think he's a first choice. Mm. 
Otherwise, he wouldn't have gone and got him. And I think he showed he is. He probably literally, uh, getting back to what Dan was saying there, if we can get the back four the way we want it, I think he's perfect. Yeah. I, um, I hadn't even made the connection yeah. that um, that Elder was on loan at Peterborough when McGann was manager there. And, of course, McGann seems to have had a, a trend this season of signing a lot of players he's played managed before. So, as you're saying, yeah. it's, it's, it's a player that he's known a lot about, obviously. Mm, definitely. And I think that probably gets back to... Look, we, we can be pretty negative about where we sit as far as the table goes. And we know about all the other issues that we could spend hours on today. But the one thing that should come through is if McCann is a decent manager and he's, he's getting players that he knows can perform at this level because of the dealings he's had with them, then that's how you rebuild a squad. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, we'll, we'll move on then to the centre-backs. And I guess um, the one that I want to start with is is a player that if, if, if he was able to get on the park for a full season, I would hand him the captain's armband without a hesitation, and that's Jordi Device. And he he's one who, when we signed him, was just such a left field signing because he came from um, from Amsterdam, and he was just such a uh, he was from PSV Academy, I think, and, and it was just such a weird place to source a player from at a time when we were starting to go for the Chelsea loanees and the, the the lower league players and all that sort of thing, and. He came in and, and, and he just struck me as someone who I thought, look, if he can get going, he'll be a great player for us. And, and of course, all of those sorts of, you know, those European players coming in, playing in a defensive position are going to have a little while to get to find their feet. And, and he kind of struggled at first for a little while. But he's he's almost been, if he'd played the full season and obviously excluding Jared Bowen, who's, who's since left the club, he'd almost be my player of the season based on just his performances when he's actually got on the park um dan what have you made of device this season yeah um he's really he's really surprised me as well um with how much he's been able to step up this season um just yeah he so for for a young guy he is so vocal um and so and so strong and everything i think i was just earlier this year or last year can't remember i was watching one of the little the city's um little videos where they were interviewing players and it was a bunch of quick fire questions about the squad and the scariest player and they all was device <laughs> was the, their scariest player or whatever um just because of i guess just because of, he's huge he's tattooed yeah. he's bit nice and loud which is all the things you want in a center back but he, and he's really good on the ball too um you know um, he's got a good eye, for, good eye for a pass, good eye for a tackle. So um, he's really, um, he's really stepped it up. And I think, you know, yeah, I have to agree with you um, in your rating that, like, to say, without Bowen there, he's got to be close to, um, if not of our remaining players, probably the best performer this season. Yeah, and I guess the big drawback for him has been just the fact that he's only played the 28 games this season because he's had a whole bunch of soft tissue injuries and it's it's a frustrating one whether it's an issue club wide because there's so many players who seem to have these niggling little injuries to keep them out for a while but um brad uh device has, has you know how has he struck you this season oh look he's he's the man um <laughs> and 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 to be honest the way he operates although he's you know and i love the man ian ashby but the same number same sort of mentality Definitely got more skill than Ash. Definitely better with his head. Um, probably better with the ladies. But the thing, the thing that probably stands out the most is that when he is in the team, we straighten up. Yeah. Um, and you look at the games where we really looked this year like we were lost, or goals conceded early, or 
just look like we're losing some direction. It's where we've either had um, Burke or to, uh, or um, McKenzie having to fill into a spot when Geordie's not there. Yeah. Um, and I still think, you know, we can go back years and years of great defenders. He's right up there with, with the best centre-halves that we've had at the club if he can play two to three seasons back-to-back back at that level. We know that he's, he's he should have the armband. Um, we know that Bowen had a fantastic half of the year, but realistically, Bowen was probably going to be going at the end of this season anyway. Um, whereas this guy is again, we're talking. Of, we're, we're in rebuild. We are. We're trying to build our way back up this championship. We're not going to do it unless we've got a defender like him. Yeah, and I guess what makes me nervous is um, there was a lot of talk earlier or in the first half of the season that we were offering deal, new deals to a bunch of players, and I think he was one of the names mentioned. But um, we've yet to see a deal yeah, where right, he's been pen to paper. Right. So yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit, right. bit nervous that the uh, the Alums have done their thing and said, oh, you know, you're on a. Six thousand a week contract. You're one of our best players. Here's an offer of three thousand a week, and he's probably sit there, sitting there and going, "Well, hang on a minute. I don't think that's quite how this should be working." So, um, um, that that's something that I'm a little bit nervous about. I think we've got an option for an extended extended contract by a year. So, I think at a minimum we'll have him for next season. But, uh, you know, I, I repeat myself so often on this that year in year out about our contract negotiations and, and how we handle this stuff but he, he guys like him guys like Burke they're the sorts of guys that you see them play for a season or two you see their talent you really need to be locking them down to four or five year deals and just saying you know yep they're going to cost us a little bit more in a, in a wage per week but the points and the return that you get on the field for them is more than worth it um, so I guess we'll see what happens but in, in saying that talking about Burke his partner in crime um, Burke it's interesting when device hasn't been on the field it's actually highlighted issues in burke's game this season where he, he probably hasn't had as good a season this year as he did last year um big fee for, for, for him it was i think about one and a half million in, in the end which is is a pretty big fee which i think was last summer right when we were starting to tighten our belt so um a bit of a surprise that we managed to secure him but 30 league appearances this season and and sort of as we're saying when he's managed to play in games with device that's that's basically been our first choice centre back pairing, and and we have looked pretty good. So, Dan, um, how have you seen Burke this season? Um, yeah, I guess pretty much just sort of what you've said. When when he's with Device, they look they look almost you know impenetrable. Um, they seem to have got that partnership down to a T, and they know you know where they've got to be when when one goes or or whatever. But yeah, when when Geordie's not there, Reese just looks um, looks I don't know maybe just a little nervous or something. Um, it, it might just be that you know that because Device is so vocal or whatever, and then all that talk you know it settle, makes you know settles it settles it down for Burke or something. But he just seems yeah a little bit a um, little bit off um, when he's paired with some of the other guys that are available. Brad, how have you seen Burke? Have you seen, um, um, I guess, as Dan and I have covered, that that without device, he, he's not been as strong this season? Yeah, which is a bit of a worry um, because we know, obviously, Geordie's not going to be able to play all 40-plus games a season because he's a hard man. He's going to have knocks or he's going to pick up a suspension mm. or something like that. But probably the worry is, is that, it, and this might get, again, back to experience, is that, 
Burke just seems like he looks like a bit of a deer in the headlights when he's on his own. Right. Um, and I don't know whether that's because he's still young, um, but, I mean, you're looking at the age difference. How, how old is Geordie? Do we know? So Geordie's, Geordie's just turned 25 in the last month or so, and Burke is, I would guess, around the same age. He might be a little bit younger. Yeah, so he's only 23. Yeah. 23. Right. But, but you look at the two of them. I mean, Burke... Jordy looks like a game guy who's been playing ten seasons longer, mm. um, and just commands it. And I think probably the only thing that I've noticed anyway is Burke, whether Jordy's there or not, we, he looks better when he is there. But when the ball is around his feet, he doesn't seem to have that confidence yep. that maybe even um, even an elder does. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm not saying different positions. We know that, but you still at this level, you've got to have defenders who can play a ball. Yeah. Um, and I just find that maybe it's nerves, it's a lack of confidence, whatever it is, for a guy who we, you know, effectively, I don't know, actually, does anyone know what we actually paid for him? I, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all a bit of paper talk. I think it was, well, call it around a million. It might have been, I, I, I think the first the first uh, reports I was seeing was maybe it was, you know, 700,000, 800,000 plus add-ons for appearances and that sort of thing. So right, okay. call it a bit over a million maybe. Yes, I mean, that's a lot to play for a guy who hasn't come in and commanded yeah. his spot. Um, we know he's good. Don't get me wrong. We do know he's got some talent, and we know that he obviously knows how to play the position. But uh, you're paying $1.5 million for transfer fees or whatever it is at the moment. You're basically wanting someone to walk straight into your side and control it as well, like Geordie does. And that's what we want two centre-halves to do. Yeah, and, and it's it's sort of telling that in the last couple of games, as as our defence was becoming more and more leaky, he was starting to lead in a couple of own goals and a couple of you know giving the ball away in cheap positions as well. So that's sort of when the pressure's on, that's when you want your centre backs to be able to step up and, and get the ball away and command the area. But um, unfortunately, hasn't hasn't quite been the case. But um, and probably, mate, that's a really good point with George Long, hmm. George. He's not the most angriest and vocalist of keepers. Like, he doesn't seem to be bossing the back four around like their life depends on it. Without Geordie there, you're really asking Berkey to do it yeah. along with George. And then that's not really helping George either. Yeah, no, definitely. So it's, um, it, it just sort of all, it all comes back. To, and I guess Lehigh as well is probably the other one who, who's sort of been one of the leaders down there. So he's been absent for the last couple of games as well. So, um, yeah, all a bit problematic. Um, one, one, one of the backup centre-backs who we've seen a lot of this season is uh, Ryan Tafazzoli, who was, was a free transfer from Peterborough. And, you know, he, he came in with, with a reasonable amount of promise. He, he played quite well in, in League One, and, and there was sort of that expectation he'd be able to make the step up. And I think, I think in, in, in so far as what we expected from him, I think he's sort of um, met those expectations. He's been pretty decent when he's come into the team. I wouldn't say he's, he's been awful by any stretch of the imagination. And, of course, he scored that... Uh, that wonder long-range goal against um, uh, who was it now? That's oh, just gone out of my head. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't Leeds. Um, but yeah, so I'll look that up. But Dan, um, what have you made of Tafazzoli in the games that he's played? Um, look, I think he's been uh, he's been a pleasant surprise for me. Um, I think Brentford was Brentford. Jesus. Coming from from League One up to the Championship, um, I was uh, I sent you sort of a little bit of apprehension with all of those guys whether they're actually going to be able to step up, um, and, you know. And it was that same 
McCants worked with him. He's just like he was just bringing in all of his the players he's worked with before. Mm. Um, it was like watching Slutsky go out and buy all the players that scored against us. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but you know, and so I was a little bit nervous. Um, but I, I was also a little bit. I thought I didn't think I would wait so long for him to get a chance. Yeah. Um, I thought he was going to get a bit of an opportunity earlier in the season because I think he might have had a couple of appearances on the bench um, and then he sort of disappeared for a while and it wasn't until we then had a spate of injuries that he got a run. Um, he hasn't hasn't certainly hasn't set the world on fire, but he hasn't been a disaster um, by any stretch. So he's been a solid um, acquisition and, and considering if, you, if it was free transfer, then... Uh, you know, yeah. happy days, really, um, to get a guy who you can say is a suitable, you know, backup um, in that in that position is is capable of, of filling that that spot, um, and to not have to pay anything for him, great. He's he'll be on cheap wages and no transfer fees. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, he he seems like he's almost just the um, the successor to the the Mazouk and the Elphick signings that we had previously. Elphick obviously just on loan, but. Um, as that sort of third centre back, that well third in line centre back, Brad, he's he's certainly looked the part this season. You know, hasn't hasn't really put a foot out of line too much. Yeah, look, I think he's he is what we're looking for. Um, he probably just needs a little bit more time. And look, let's face it, the squad's still been unsettled um, with injury, and not that anyone else hasn't got that sort of problem as well. But he's got good height about him. And he does look like, you know, in the air, he's, he looks like he's never going to get beat. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think with Geordie next to him being the hard man, we've got the ability there to, to really form something that's pretty um, pretty strong and invincible as a back four, and that's really what we're lacking. Definitely. Um, I guess the other the other main centre-back to touch on is uh, Pennington on loan from Everton, where, um, you know, look, he, he, he had a decent name at Everton, and, and when he came into the club, it looked quite promising as a signing as, as as more depth. I think he might have come in before Tafazoli, so he was potentially seen as that third choice at that time. Um, he's, had, he's had a few changes. I think he's more predominantly played at right back, to be honest, rather than centre back. And, and he hasn't really looked too bad, but it's just one of those unfortunate ones where he was sort of like bowler as well from Everton as well, where we brought them in on the, uh, just in case, you know, we had uh, injuries in particular positions that really haven't had that many injuries um, or when we have had the injuries, he's also been injured, which has been a bit unfortunate. But um, look, I guess the sense is that we're probably not going to turn that into a permanent deal. But Dan, have you got any thoughts on Pennington on, on whether we should pursue him or, or how he's played this season? Um, look, I think whether we, I mean, I, if he, if we did pursue him and we signed him um, on an extended, on a, on a permanent deal, I certainly wouldn't complain. Um, I, remember the name from you know uh when i don't know where, i don't know maybe when we we're in the premier league he was probably just about emerging at everton um but um yeah i mean i, I recognize the name I, um not as anything uh, not as anyone who was a, a superstar or anything but definitely um you know i, I recognized his name and i, and I was ex- excited at the opportunity of seeing him play in a city shirt mm. Um, probably again that I was just it, it seemed to take a long time. I mean, as you mentioned, there was a couple of uh, poorly timed injuries and things for him. Um, but but once he finally did get on the park, I think that first game he played, he was um, he was outstanding. Some 
he's really strong in the challenge, which I which I love, and almost all of those. Um, he's, he doesn't mistime them very well. He's got really good sense of that. Um, those that, that I guess it's almost his trademark that that five or ten yard dash slot like forward sliding like yeah. challenge to, to 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 stop that um, long ball to to the opponent's winger or whatever. But um, no, he's been really good. And and I mean I think it's all just gonna that's just gonna be a financial thing. I think whether I mean especially with everything's going on now. I mean, not that the Alums need any more excuses to cut costs, but um, I think that's what's going to be coming is everything's going to be come down to a financial situation and, and whether we can afford to pay what he thinks he deserves. Yeah, it's interesting talking to Mitch last week about the whole current situation and, and these loan players and whether they're going to say, well, you know, the loan now is going to count until the end of the actual season, which could be whenever it is, or the loan is going to count till a certain date on the calendar, which would have been when the season was originally going to end. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Um, Brad, is is Pennington one that you'd be looking for us to try and sign on a permanent deal, or do you think he was he was serviceable but nothing special? Oh, look, I'd like to sign him um, because I think realistically, if we're saying we're going to try and rebuild, we need four decent centre halves or thereabouts that can be adaptable, and he's definitely adaptable. Like um, like Mitch said, you know playing at right back um, gives him another uh, sorry not Mitch Dan um, giving uh, giving another string to his bow and he didn't look out of place um, I think he's actually probably out of all the centre halves we've got he positionally is probably the best out of all of them Yep. Um, the problem I think what's going to come is I always sort of question a guy who's been around a while played at a few different clubs and can never break it like I know he's from Everton but we know his loan history I think we're his fifth club now. He's been on loan mm. to or fourth or something like that, multiple anyway. Um, I know that um, he, uh, when he first joined the club, I think they were sort of highlighting the fact that he had played at Leeds and was pretty well loved at Leeds as far as um, his quality goes. But I think realistically he's going to come with a price tag that the Alums won't want to pay. Yeah. Um, and, and even if that is just on a wage front, I think the game's just changed now. These guys at big clubs, even if they're not big players, are still used to a Premier League subsidised wage in some way. And I think we're so far away from that now that it just wouldn't be viable. No, fair enough. Um, and I guess the only other two players to touch on very briefly, so McLaughlin, who, who we signed from Ireland, um, who's made a couple of appearances, looked really good in the first game and, and then a bit more shaky in the others. But his first games at this level, he'll he'll certainly learn from that for next season. Um, and and um, Angus McDonald, who who hasn't played this season, but obviously recovered from cancer, which is a huge, huge thing for him and, and is a huge positive for him this season. So even though he wasn't able to get on the park, that's, that's great news. But um, just quickly, as we, as we um, finish up, Dan, thoughts on those two players? Um. McLaughlin looks um, a, a young young guy with lots of promise um, is about as much as you could put it. He, as you said, he came in, um, had a couple of couple of good games, a couple of um, shaky ones. But I mean, basically, the everyone's been shaky um, in those the last half dozen games we got to play. Um, so it's hard to sort of. Uh, be too critical um, of someone who's only who's played half a dozen games in in the championship. So um, McDonald, I think I'm sw- I'm almost positive. The last time we spoke about Angus McDonald, I was saying 
you know, he just needs a bit of luck. Um, and if everything goes right, he should be able to, you know, make a couple of ba- appearances, you know, late <laughs> at the end of the season. He's I'm sure curse, that's what he? I said. Yeah. I, I'm sure that's what I said the last time we spoke about him. Yeah. And now I'm sitting here going, maybe I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> <laughs> the poor guy. Um, I, I don't know. I feel... I really feel for him. I'm super like I'm so happy that he's able to you know make that recovery and he's and he's back training and all of that. Um, but he has just had a run, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if he's got an option to extend. I'd extend. I just I I feel like if he if he's if this is the end of his contract and there's no extension, I don't know if they if they will. They may just say, you know, you've 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 written the books for the better part of two seasons now, um, and we've not got any games out of you. It might be – I feel yeah. like that's probably the, – they might just send him on his way, um, which would be unfortunate because um, he had a bit of promise when he when he first came and, and had a few um, a few good, good games and, and um, just was looking to settle in before – what was it, DVT, the first one? Um, and, then, yeah. and then it's all hit the fan, but – yeah, yeah. Um, Brad, thoughts on those two? Yeah, look, um, again, I think probably McDonald's the one worth talking about. Yeah. I think he's probably – he deserves a crack. Whatever he deserves, he should get. I mean, you know, it doesn't seem to me like he'd be the sort of guy – Just this is just obviously from mm. a long way away – that's going to hold the club um, to ransom on wages or anything like that. He just seems like a guy who wants to get on with things and play. And I think he's probably – this would probably be a good test, mate. If he's got some unfinished business, um, then the wages won't be so much of an issue going forward. It's going to be more about, okay, how can we keep playing? The one thing that I do remember when he signed um, originally for us, uh, and I, I had to look this up to make sure it was right, is he was either um, captain or thereabouts at two clubs I think he's played at. Barnsley and, um, um, yeah, the other yeah, okay, so Barnsley, Barnsley would have. I don't know about anything else, but I'm pretty sure he's definitely been captain at more than one club. Mm. And so if that's the case, you know, again, we're still looking at rebuilding. We're still looking at all the players of past promotion years. We had leaders everywhere, um, guys who could stand up and just lead. Now, he obviously hasn't been a captain at two clubs because he's a bit quiet in the corner. He's a guy who really wears his heart on his sleeve, and that's what we need. Absolutely. Um, so just before we wrap up, I'll, I was just going to nominate. So I, out, out of all those players that we've discussed, I'd probably say um, the two that have impressed the most this season for me would be Long and Device. Um, Dan, Brad, I'll start with Dan, I guess. Um, did you have any other players that really stood out from that group? Um, I think apart from the injuries, I would say Elder has really, really impressed me. He's really grabbed the game um, by the scruff of the neck. Um, and taking it to uh, the the our opposition on the day, so I think Elder's worth a nomination. And Brad? No, look, I would still say Geordie would be my number one. Um, but I, just just on on Elder there, I think you've you've nailed it. I think we've found someone there that is our first choice if he can get the run on, and he's got the right back four to play in. That's sort of where you start building a promotion type or a top half. Let's not call it promotion. Let's call it a top half team from is having some good security across that back four and I think Elder he looks like a guy who is always prepared to be instructed and led like he really wants to fit in with whatever's required around him he doesn't seem to be a guy that can just 
play his own game. He really wants to play a team game, and that's what we're after. Definitely. So I think I think it's been a great discussion because I think we kind of looked at those players and and you know with the exception of maybe two or three of them, um, we've got some really good building blocks there and a lot of promise for a team going forward over the next few seasons if we can keep the majority of them together. So um, it's a it was it was a great discussion. Really good to look back on on the performances for this season and we'll um, we'll do another episode either next week or the week after. Where we'll, we'll then look at the midfield. Um, but until then, thanks for joining me, Dan. No worries. And thanks for joining Brad. Cheers, guys. And hopefully we've been half entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully we've helped <laughs> you guys pass the time during this uh, this period of isolation. And um, until next time, I can't really say come on, City, because there's no games. But uh, keep safe, everyone, and uh, we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. This is on fire. We're going higher and higher. There's no turning back, cause you're